This episode is sponsored by Voltoro. Keep on listening and you'll find out more about how you can buy allocated gold when the Bitcoin bull run reaches its peak. This way, you don't have to deal with infinitely inflationary fiat or banks that freeze your account. Also, note that trading involves risks and the information presented is not financial advice. This episode is also sponsored by Wasabi Wallet. Go to wasabiwallet.io, download Wasabi for your OS and significantly boost your network level and transaction privacy. Hello there and welcome to Season 8, Episode 12 of the Bitcoin Takeover Podcast, which also happens to be the season finale of this whole introspection into hardware wallets. And my guest right now is Lixon Liu, and I know exactly what you'll be asking yourselves. Like, wasn't Lixon already on the season, on the podcast? And there is a short story, and there's a long version of this short story that I can tell you. But the, sh- the short story is that he left the previous company for which he was working, which is Kobo. And he's going to start his own hardware wallet project that's called Keystone. And there are some interesting differences and similarities between the two products. And honestly, this interview could not wait until next year when I was about to do another series of interviews about hardware wallets. So I think that the best time is now. And it's time to find out what this Keystone is, what it does. And hi, Lixin. Last time when we spoke, I introduced you as the CEO of Kobo. But now you're the CEO of Keystone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Vlad. And uh, I'm also very proud that to be your last guest for your season eight. Yeah. I just recognize that right now. So I'm super proud of that. And uh, I hope the audience won't be get bored as I'm, I'm featured in the same season for the second time. And uh, also, I wanted to correct one thing. Previously, I was not the CEO of Kobo. I was the head of hardware of Kobo. And I was leading the hardware wallet product line of Kobo, which is Kobo Vault. And uh, yes, currently, I'm, I'm the CEO of Keystone. And I'm running the new company with a new brand called Keystone. Yes, and uh, I know there are a lot of questions from the community, so I'm very happy to be here. And uh, thanks again for having me, Vlad. Yeah, so this was actually kind of the joke, you know, because last time I called you the CEO and you spent some time explaining why you're not the CEO and why you're the head of the hardware department. And Mm -hmm. now it's funny because how long has it been? Like two months since we spoke? In two months, you became the CEO of your own company, which is interesting. And I also want to ask you right now, why did you decide to start something on your own? Okay, uh, I think the, the story may be a little bit long. And uh, uh, the story goes back to late 2017. Uh, at that time, Kobo uh, has two founders. And one of them uh, is also the one of the co-founders of F2 Pool, which is currently the one of the biggest mining pools currently in the world. And uh, he and he and another guy, uh, Doctor Jiang, they started the company Kobo in China, 
with a centralized wallet called Kobo Wallet. It's a uh, centralized software wallet, mainly offer financial services for Bitcoiners. For example, if you, it's a centralized service, so they have your private key and uh, you can easily buy some kind of financial service there. For example, you can gain a like 5% or 6% annual gain for your Bitcoin if you register the wallet and put your uh, Bitcoin into the wallet. And again, that's a centralized service. And uh, they started COBOL with that product. Uh, and then they incubated me as the head of hardware to start the hardware wallet called COBOL Vault. And uh, at that time, they made a decision because they think that COBOL's mission is offer a full solution for the whole community. Either you want to choose some centralized service or you want to choose decentralized service. And uh, if you wanted to, if you are okay to to put your private key in other people's pocket, but you can gain some any any gain from the your your assets, so they want to offer a full solution for the community, and uh, they're also expecting some kind of synergy between Kobo Wallet and Kobo Vault. So yeah, and also discuss fish, uh, one of the co-founders of Kobo. Uh, he is very well connected in the miners community in China. So uh, they wanted to offer a full solution for the users and uh, expecting the synergy between these two product lines. Uh, and uh, then we also developed the first generation of Kobo Vault, which is mainly targeting the miners. And I have explained this to you in your very first episode of your hardware series. So, uh, but the first generation was not successful. So then uh, in the middle of 2020, we launched the second generation of Kobo Vault, which is around 150 US dollars. And we are targeting uh, countries like United States and Europe, Australia, these kind of of Western countries uh, where the people are more familiar with decentralized service and they don't want to they didn't want to share their private keys to anyone. So, and our second generation was very successful and grows very well. But uh, then the problem comes to, then some issue came out. For example, uh, Cobalt's two founders, they're mainly focused on China market, Asia market, especially China market. And uh, uh, they have very limited resources and uh, the synergy they expected between Cobalt Wallet and Cobalt Vault uh, didn't happen. So they decided to uh, to keep the hardware wallet into minimum maintenance and fully focus on the centralized service, which is Cobalt Wallet. So I, I, can, I can fully understand that from a business perspective because every startup they have pivots on their strategies. Sometimes they focus on uh, offering a full solution and sometimes they focus on offering a uh, part of the full solution. It's it's understandable. Uh, but uh, as they are going to keep minimum maintenance for the hardware wallet, they won't do any new device manufacturing. 
and also they are trying to uh, move or uh, they are trying. They were trying to move the whole Cobalt Vault team to Cobalt Wallet business. So that is un- unacceptable for me and also for the Cobalt Vault team. And uh, that's the main cause of. Uh, that's the main reason why we left Cobalt and started a new company called Keystone. We just wanted to continuously offer the best hardware wallet for Bitcoin community. And also, we didn't want to get into centralized services. Even they gave us very attracting offers, but that's but money is not just what we want. Yeah. Okay, so to summarize, there was a difference of priorities where Kobo wanted to focus on their other projects and you wanted to further develop the Kobo Vault, the hardware wallet. And since yes. you are not, you know, funded for this project, you decided to pursue this cause by yourself with a new company. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. But at the same time, there are going to be a lot of similarities between the Kobo and the Keystone. Can you tell us what's going to be similar? Because the form factor, the design looks almost identical. You're going to have maybe the adjustment with the SD card and everything that you mentioned, I guess, in the previous episode as improvements that you wanted to bring to the Kobo. But yes. what's going to be different? And is there anything changed from the plans that you had with Kobo? Uh, first, the, you can see from the Keystone website, which is one. You can see that from form factor-wise, it's almost the same. Uh, first, uh, the, the, the thing is, first, uh, personally, I bought out all the intellectual properties of Cobalt Vault. So we're free to use the design and also use the the, the code and uh, everything else, especially the also the, the pictures, the renderings, this kind of stuff. So we're free to use that. And uh, based on that, we took almost all the legacy features from Cobalt Vault. And uh, also, we implemented some improvements I have just mentioned in your previous uh, in your previous episode. But at that time, I cannot disclose the name of Keystone. I can only disclose what are the improvements we are working on. First is the micro SD card. Uh, previously, with Cobalt Vault, we were kind of hiding the slot of the micro SD card behind the battery. Uh, that is based on our previous design, which is the microSD card is mainly for uh, upgrading the firmware, which will happen not very often. But the the problem is more and more our users, they're using the microSD card to to transit uh, large PSBT transactions. So the large PSBT transactions cannot be transited with with the QR code because that will cause there are too many QR codes, which is hard to scan. So a lot of Bitcoiners, they're using the micro SD card to, to transit unsigned or signed PSBT transactions. So then they were more often to use the micro SD card. So we moved the micro SD card slot to the outside of the device, which will make it's, which will make it much, much easier for user to plug in or unplug the micro SD card. 
this is the first change we we made or the first improvement we made. Uh, the second improvement is that we have received some, I think maybe 1% of the users are complaining about the battery. So we changed part of the, the, the design of the circuit of the battery. So the battery can uh, get, can the battery won't be damaged by very unsteady current. Uh, I mean, very, for example, a sudden surge or something, the battery will remain functional under this kind of extreme uh, situations. It's the second thing we do. The third thing we did is we uh, improved the camera to uh, improve the recognition speed of the camera. So I'll release a video later. Uh, with that video, people, the Bitcoiners can see that how fast the camera is recognizing those QR code right now. So this will also improve the user experience. And uh, another big change on the software side is that we are going to uh, we are going to migrate the QR code standard to a more advanced uh, protocol, which is BCRUR 2.0. Previously, with Cobalt, we were using 1.0 version, and also with other software wallets like Blue Wallet and Spectre and Spiral. And right now, we have upgraded to the latest version, and uh, this version will be long-term maintained by uh, blockchain commons and other Bitcoin developers. I We hope that adopting this new standard will make the whole community, especially uh, the QR code standard, more standardized. And uh, yeah, this is the biggest software change we're doing. And also for uh, new wallet integration, we're also talking to other new wallets, but before, uh, before fully get integrated, I, I think I cannot disclose too much information right now. But uh, within the next two months, I hope we can at least integrate with another two Bitcoin wallets. Okay. You mentioned something interesting there about buying the rights from Kobo. Mm -hmm. Does this mean that they will no longer be able to sell Kobo vaults or will they sell them under your license? Uh, they won't produce them and they won't sell them okay so kobo no longer has their own line of hardware wallets uh it's it's okay because first um because the 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 kobo vault itself especially the code the code is open sourced and uh, uh it's under a very wide license which can be used for commercial purposes so uh, technically uh, Cobalt can still upgrade the firmware of the Cobalt vault but technically they cannot produce new devices with the same form factor this kind of stuff that's a very important detail as maybe that people have bought Kobos and maybe that there's not going to be any more support for them or maybe that there will be that's not for mm -hmm. you to say right now but I did realize when you posted that thread on Twitter in which you announced that you're transitioning from Kobo to Keystone 
that you're going to offer a discount for people who already own Kobos and bought them. And can you tell us more about that? Yeah, actually, our uh, previously or previous plan or our ideal plan was that we can offer a migration firmware for the Kobo Vault users. Uh, that migration firmware can make your firmware from Kobo Vault firmware to Keystone firmware. And then your old Kobo Vault device can recognize new Keystone firmwares and you can enjoy all the new software features we offer to you. So this was the original plan and also was the ideal plan we did. But the 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 issue is that if we wanted to, the issue is that Kobo Vault cannot recognize a third-party firmware. Kobo Vault can only recognize a firmware which is signed by a specific key, and uh, we don't have access to that key. Only Kobo team has that access. So, and they refused to sign that migration firmware for us. So, with that being said. Uh, we cannot offer a migration firmware for the old Kobo Vault users. And uh, that's why we offer the the 50% discount for the old Kobo Vault users if you can forward your order confirmation order, order confirmation email to support at one, and then we can share you a 50% off coupon code. So... Mm, this is where the 50% discount comes from. Voltoro, and that's V-A-U-L-T, like a gold volt, and O-R-O, Oro, which is Spanish for gold, is a gold and Bitcoin exchange, which offers instant swaps between hard money to over 31,000 customers from more than 95 countries. Voltoro has offered Swiss privacy and security since 2015. Furthermore, the gold you purchase is your legal property, secured in your name, so even if something happens to Voltoro, even liquidators could not touch your gold. If you want to become the custodian of your own gold bars, you can request to have them delivered to you or simply trade them back to Bitcoin on the dip. Register for free in only 30 seconds and start trading only with hard money. Please keep in mind that all trading involves risks. This is not financial advice and you are responsible for your own decisions. When you are using Wasabi Wallet, your internet connection gets routed through the Tor network by default. This means that you get better privacy while using Bitcoin. Download it today at wasabiwallet.io. Right, but let's say that I have already bought the Kobo Vault. And mm -hmm. can I run the Keystone firmware on it? No, because uh, Keystone, as I, as I said, so if Kobo Vault wants to run Keystone firmware. We have first. You have to install a migration firmware from Cobalt Vault to Keystone, and uh, that migration firmware didn't do too much change. It only changes the public key that was embedded in the system. 
the public key was the pair of keys of the private key to sign the firmware. Do you understand? So the Cobol's firmware has a has a pair of private key and public key. The private key was kept by Cobol team. Usually, previously, when we release a Cobol firmware, we need to sign that firmware with a private key. And the, the private key, the public key embedded in the in the Cobol Vault system was the pair of that private key. So it only recognized a firmware that is signed by a specific private key. So if we offer a firmware, we just change that private we just change that public key into Keystone firmware's public key so that the, the Cobol Vault can recognize Keystone firmware and then run Keystone firmware. But right now, as we cannot offer that migration firmware, so Cobol Vault cannot use Keystone firmware. Is that clear? Maybe, maybe I should re-explain it if, if it's needed. No, it's fine. I've only asked this question for people who might have bought a Kobo and they're mm-hmm. gonna see that the Keystone looks very similar and most yeah. likely has very similar hardware inside of it. Yeah. So they're gonna ask the question, so why do I need to buy a new one as opposed to installing the new firmware on this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually we want to offer these opportunities for all the Cobalt Vault users to use the Keystone firmware. Uh, Cobalt team doesn't allow this because um, which is kind of ridiculous. Their mindset is that the users are Cobol's assets. So they can sell the, the rights to me. They can sell the intellectual properties to me, but they cannot quote unquote sell users to me. So users are still their assets. And uh, they are also, they also, I heard that they have plans to migrate those users from Cobol Vault to Cobol Wallet, especially in China. So this is their plan. So, and uh, then they don't allow me to do the migration firmware. Okay, I guess that's reasonable. But something else mm-hmm. that I wanna ask you about concerns the fact that the Kobo had support for lots of shit coins. And is mm-hmm. the new Keystone going to be Bitcoin only, or are you also going to support other projects? Uh, the thing, uh, the thing is, uh, we are going to remove some shit coins on Cobol Vault right now, but we cannot remove all of them. And uh, also another change, and uh, for for Keystone, we will still offer Bitcoin only firmware. And uh, another thing I can share is that right now we are exploring uh, the opportunity to develop uh, a Bitcoin-only device. And maybe with our next generation, Bitcoin, uh, we, we, want, we will not only offer Bitcoin-only firmware, but also Bitcoin-only device. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. So what's the difference, really? It's going to have some specific hardware parts which only work with Bitcoin? You mean for the next generation? Yes. Yeah. For the next generation, first, we're going to... The, the, ultimate, the ultimate target for the next generation is we're going to make it more open. So right now, we have open source secure element firmware, but... 
the community is still criticizing us that our Android layer is closed source. So the next generation, we have the biggest change is that we're going to re- remove that limitation. And uh, we have made it, we have two directions we can go. Uh, the first direction is the direction of Spectre DIY. So Spectre DIY software is totally open source and uh, they also support QR code scanning. Uh, the other direction for us is the direction for, uh, oh, by the way, Spectre DIY doesn't leverage the Android system or anything like that. Uh, the second direction for us to go is to leverage the Graphene OS, which is a operating system, which is fully open sourced. And also with Graphene OS, we can leverage our previous Java code. And uh, this is also another direction we're exploring. Um, yeah, and the, this is the biggest change. Uh, but right now we are in the early stage for doing the research. I think hopefully at the end of next year or early 2023, we can release these next generation devices. Yeah, that's definitely useful. And I mm-hmm. see that there's a lot happening in this open source hardware wallet space. You have mm-hmm. the Spectre DIY, you have the Seed Signer, you have the Bowser wallet, and all of them have their trade-offs. So yes. none of them is perfect at this point. And I think yes. the biggest problem with them is that you need a proper case. And to build that kind of case, you need to 3D print it or else order it from some sort of vendor, which mm-hmm. does it for you. I think that's the main impediment right now, which stands in your way to create your own hardware wallet. I think right now I like the Bowser because it relies on the M5 stack, which you buy from AliExpress, for example. And Mm -hmm. it's like $20, you get it, you install it. It looks nice. It has that video game that you can play so you can pretend that it's not a hardware (laughs) wallet. But at the same time, it has a larger attack surface because it has a Bluetooth, it has Wi-Fi, it has all of yes. these features that can be exploited from a security point of view. So that's the big trade-off. With Spectre yes. and with Seed Signer, you need that specific kind of case to be able to use it. And that kind of sucks. I think with Spectre, it's better. But with the Seed Signer, you need to have free buttons, which mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't found any general purpose case on the market which has that i had to Mm -hmm. order a custom one yeah actually i think this is um lying behind the logic that uh there's no perfection in security especially if we put like user experience into consideration there's always i think from my perspective every hardware wallet are, are legit and every hardware wallet founders, they are trying to find a balance between secure between between security and the user experience. For example, if you make something extremely security, that would be really hard to use. For us, we really emphasize on the user experience side as well as the security side. So this is one of the most important design philosophies of Cobalt Vault, and which is also right now one of the most important design philosophies for Keystone. 
I also regard this hardware wallet market as one of the few examples that you have of a truly open market where you have mm -hmm. contributions from all over the place and the evolution and the advancements are made at such a rapid pace that it's very yes. hard to keep up. And there's always somewhere on the other side of the world who comes up with this new idea, which works mm -hmm. very well and everyone else adapts to it. So yes. it's a very dynamic space. I think at some point Slush told me last year that it's kind of pointless to try to keep up with hardware and software is more important. At least that's the Trezor philosophy because if you ask Ledger, they're going to be like, no, it's all about the hardware. Mm -hmm. So actually, uh, I kind of agree with him, uh, but I have another... I uh, from From my perspective, not only the software of the hardware, but also the software wallet itself. So this is because I think the the Bitcoin, especially with Taproot and other technologies, uh, the Bitcoin is developing very fast. And uh, to catch up those trends or, for example, Lightning. So to catch up those trends for hardware wallet, like uh, and also I think coin mixing, like Wasabi wallet, coin mixing, these kind of Bitcoin features, they are developing very fast. For us, for, from my perspective, uh, the role of the hardware wallet is you are just a signer. So as a hardware wallet, you should be as compatible as possible with other software wallets to fulfill different kinds of uh, needs of the Bitcoiners. For example, if they want to do uh, if they want to do coin mixing, if they wanted to uh, receive Bitcoins as a merchant using BTC Pay server. So as a hardware wallet, we just make the product as compatible as possible. So this is also one of the most important design philosophies of Keystone. Yeah, and also about the Keystone. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be any significant difference in pricing as opposed to the Kobo? Oh, no difference. The pricing, everything is everything, especially the pricing is the same. Okay, that's good to know. And also, if you bought a Kobo, you're going to get a discount code for a Keystone. Yes, yes. And uh, also, right now, we're trying to, because our sales grows, so we have more negotiating power with the logistics vendors. So at the same time, we may also, uh, we're also trying to minimize the shipping cost for some countries. And also, we're trying to open some new countries like uh, Dubai, another country, uh, UAE, these kind of countries. And also, we're trying to minimize the shipping cost for them. Yeah, that's definitely a market that should be explored as there's a lot of potential there, but I'm sure that some vendors do not have access to that segment of the yes. market. Yes. I think it's also part of the reason why there are so many Trezor clones around the world as it was the first one to be truly open source. And yeah. when the, the, the original vendor cannot get there, there's going to be a workaround. And about the Trezor, I think it's really wonderful that it was the first to become open source. But at the yes. same time, it's very difficult to build because you need some sort of DIY experience with soldering and all of that. 
Yes. So even though you build it from general purpose parts, you need to really know what you're doing and have some. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Spectre DIY, DIY is is doing very well on that on on on, on that problem. Oh, it's a game changer because you buy something mm-hmm. general purpose, you put it in a case, and you have your multi-sig device for signing transactions. It's the yes. same with the seed signer. I think seed signer is even better because it uses the Raspberry Pi Zero, which is easier to find. Yes, yes, and also to echo the previous. Uh, topic that you said uh, a lot of countries because you cannot ship in there so there are a lot of treasure flocks uh, here another thing I want to mention is that for hardware wallet uh, localization is really important not every Bitcoiner can speak English or they can use a product with English version uh, and also all the uh, especially some newcomers, they need very heavy customer service, especially localized customer service for their product. One example I can share is that currently we're selling in Russia very well because the reseller there was doing perfectly on localization. Uh, they not only post uh, localized YouTube videos, tutorial videos and uh, they have at least six i think six or seven guys for uh localized post service and also they are trying to uh, we are planning to work together to add rushing into the keystone device and uh, also within this year i mean i mean within this year another important improvement we're going to do is localization we will at least add Spanish and also Russian into Keystone. Yeah, so I think it's important to tap in as many markets as possible. And the fact that you were able to get into Russia, I think is a major plus, especially Mm -hmm. since I think it's kind of a gray market when it comes to everything Bitcoin, when you go to Russia. It's never clear if it's legal or what kind of status it has, they claim to be led regulating and legislating on Bitcoin all the time. But yes, I yeah. suppose there is a lot going on, just like there is with VPNs and Tor. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's true. So being able to sell Keystone hardware wallets in stores, I think it's major and only helps with adoption. And at the end of the day, I think this is a net benefit for the entire community to have access to these devices. And how do you, I know that the answer is kind of obvious and I've obviously unboxed the Kobo, but how are you going Mm -hmm. to mitigate against supply chain attacks? Because I suppose that's usually the biggest of concerns. Yes, I can, I can see the logic of this question because you just mentioned the, to sell the products in the stores, right? Yeah, actually, I I think to to echo your previous question, to I think selling hardware in the stores another benefit for the community is that you can buy the hardware wallet with cash, rather than rather than credit card or leaving your shipping address to the vendor or something. So I definitely think that selling hardware wallet in stores, in offline stores, is a big trend that will happen in the next few years. 
And uh, your last question was about the supply chain attack. So uh, for uh, Keystone, it will implement all the all the features, all the features against uh, supply chain attack as other vendors. For example, we will have uh, anti tampering sticker, and uh, one thing we will have uh, extra is that we will still have the web authentication process and uh, we will also release an article to explain the web authentication process uh, to put it short uh, the logic is that uh, every device has a uh, private key and uh, a public key uh, the public keys key pair of the private key is in the uh, amazon cloud hsm which is the, I think is the safest uh, cloud HSM uh, we can access as a daily user. So we put another pair of private key and the public key there. So every device of Keystone, when you receive it, you can go to our website and our website can communicate with the backend AWS cloud HSM service. And uh, they can, we can do a, uh, product product authentication to make sure that your device, your Keystone device, is running the official Keystone firmware. So this is an extra layer we added to the Keystone to prevent supply chain attack. And also we we also implemented the scheme of self destruct mechanism, uh, just as Cobalt Vault. So if on the supply on the delivery in the delivery process, if the device is intercepted by a hacker and uh, the hacker wants to open the device and uh, do some uh, maybe to to do some malicious code or some malicious stuff to the device, the device will destroy the firmware on the on the device and when you receive the device you will see a strong warning and this device is no longer functional so uh, anti-temporary sticker and uh, also um, web authentication and also uh, self-destruct mechanism we use all these schemes to prevent supply chain attack yeah i've heard when i interviewed slush a very interesting approach that mm-hmm. obviously works for Trezor, but would not work for something like Jacobo because it's supposed to be cold storage. But mm-hmm. he said that right now he delivers Trezors without any kind of firmware installed. So that's also a very easy way to discover if the device has been plugged before because it has nothing on it in terms of firmware and it gets installed when you connect it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a that's one thing we can do. Yes, but uh, one uh, potential attack surface here for Trezor is that Trezor can accept a third-party firmware. So it's possible that the hacker can approach some user and trick the user into installing the hacker's firmware, which is a third-party firmware. I think this is kind of a possible attack surface for Trezor, but it's not very technical attack service. It's mostly about social engineering. 
And uh, because of this uh, possibility, so both Keystone and Cobalt, we didn't we didn't allow third party firmware installation. Yeah, I noticed there is that entire verification pr- process where you have to scan mm-hmm. a QR code and yes, yes, everything involved in between. Yes. So you're saying that with the next generation, the Keystone is going to be a lot more open source to the point that it might just be a hundred percent, right? Mm, uh, I think it's impossible. It's definitely impossible to make a hundred percent open source hardware because you have to you have to purchase like some kind of ICs from other companies, and uh, they are very very like base code on that IC, and uh, it's impossible to open source that part. Just so for the record, in- IC is integrated circuit, right? Uh, it's it, it sometimes it, it's I think it's integrated circuit and also it's it's integrated components. It's some just some of the chips, some small chips. For example, there's a main chip on the device itself. There are also several small chips for the screen and uh, also for the camera or something. So these chips also have embedded code, embedded code on them. And for those embedded code. Even us, even Trezor, even Ledger, it's impossible for us to open source everything. Do, do you see my point? But we can open source the firmware. The next generation, we can open if we use Graphene, we can open source the, the, the operating system layer. If we take the Spectre DIY route, we can open source all the firmware. But doesn't mean that we can open source every piece of embedded code on this device. It's almost impossible. Unless we make, unless the hardware wallet vendor make all those components, all those chips by themselves, which is impossible at this time, at this point. I think if if every year the hardware wallet can be sold for like 100 million devices every year, then the hardware wallet vendor will be powerful or they will have enough resources to make all those chips by themselves and open source all the embedded code on those chips too. That's then that's possible. But right now with this just with the current market situation, hardware wallet is still a niche market and it's impossible. Even for Ledger, they have raised tons of money. Even for them, it's impossible for them to make every components by themselves and open source all the embedded code. It's impossible. I understand what you're saying. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess my claim about 100% was unreasonable. Yeah. But what if you, uh, what I meant was yeah. actually more on the software side as opposed to the hardware. Yeah. yeah. With our next generation, we'll definitely do that. Reasonable 100% open source. That's really good. So... Thank when you. should we expect to see the first Keystone hardware wallets? Uh, you mean the current generation or the next generation? Both. Uh, for the current generation, I think the earliest time is by the end of this month. Uh, if you purchase it right now, at the end of this month, you can receive it for the current generation. And uh, for the next generation, 
right now we are expecting the end of the end of 2022 or early 2023 so that's gonna take some time yes yes hardware is not easy to make usually it takes for us uh, we're in china and uh, we have all the resources here for making hardware but even for us it takes us at least six months to develop a new hardware and uh, if we're going to make it more open source or 100 percent open source it usually it usually take one year or even more to do that so let's say that a newbie someone who hasn't used the hard wallet before is listening mm-hmm. to this interview and wants to buy a keystone and that's going mm-hmm. to be their first exposure to any yeah. signing device how would you recommend yeah. them to use the Kobo? Because obviously it's a cold storage device. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to connect it to some sort of software wallet, which yes. can be Sparrow, can be Blue Wallet. But what do you think is the easiest onboarding experience? Uh, good question. I think the easiest onboarding uh, process is using Keystone, not Kobo, the Keystone using Keystone with uh, Blue Wallet. And uh, uh, right now we're working on the integration with Blue Wallet. Hopefully we can finish this within next week, I think. So I think the easiest onboarding process is use it with uh, Blue Wallet. And uh, if you are comfortable with the whole process, and then, and also if you have a a uh, significant amount of Bitcoin. Uh, another two things you can try. The first thing is you can use the uh, Shamir secret sharing for the recovery phrase. And the Keystone also support that just like Trezor, uh, the same standard, which is Sleep39. You can use that. Uh, uh, you can use Shamir secret sharing to set up your recovery phrase, which will add more robustness to your recovery phase and you can put the different pieces in different places geographically um, and uh, the next step you can try multi-signature and as of, as of, as as far as i know right now blue wallet and the specter and the spiral they are all very uh, supportive for multi-signature and Keystone will be compatible with uh, three of them. And uh, then the next step, I think you can you can maybe you can try out Wasabi Wallet to add more privacy to your Bitcoin transactions. Uh, oh, uh, I forgot one thing. And also you can try to run your uh, full node by yourself. So this is mainly the the whole process to to being the first class citizen. Uh, first step again, the first step is sing, sing, single signature with uh, Blue Wallet, and then you can try out Shamir secret sharing for your recovery phase, and then multi signature, and also full node, and then also you can try out Wasabi or Samurai Wallet for Bitcoin transaction privacy. Yeah, that's reasonable. And that's also useful because I know that there will be people who have no idea how to use hardware wallets and they listen to this entire season trying mm-hmm. to find a solution that suits their needs. 
So my last question yeah, but, for but, you but, but, is... But one thing, one thing I want to emphasize again is that uh, don't, don't make your solution overcomplicated. I also see some examples of people that they, they do so many layers of encryption on their recovery phase. And uh, then they forgot how they encrypted their recovery phrase. And then they cannot get their recovery phrase and they lost everything. So this is the, this is a real case that happens with my friend. So I, I want to share one ultimate suggestion is that don't make your solution overcomplicated. And uh, uh, as the old saying, uh, practice makes perfect. So if you wanted to adopt a new solution, even it's very easy, for example, using Keystone with Blue Wallet, even it's very easy. You should practice, practice, and get practiced. And when you adopt new solutions, no matter how easy it is, just be careful with it. Just get practiced. And uh, uh, one thing I really like about uh, Casa is that Casa is promoting the idea called health check. So Casa is asking their users to do health check. I think it's every month or every other week to do the health check for his uh, signers. It's not only checking the signer is working properly, it's also checking that you are still familiar with your multi-signature or with your other solutions. This is very important. Don't get it overcomplicated and uh, check or get practiced from time to time. This is also very important. Yeah, usually when I speak with Bitcoiners, they're like, yeah, so they set up a multi-sig, they Mm -hmm. hide their backup somewhere and they expect to dig it up five years or 10 years from now and never look at it again. But Mm -hmm. I think it's healthy about once a year or something to try to yes. do the recovery so you remember how it's done. Yes, yes, yes. Also to identify if the device that you have used is faulty and you need to replace it. And there are lots of extra layers involved. But you yes, should exactly. try to practice your recovery. Yeah. And uh, also when you choose your solution, uh, you'd better choose a solution that is also compatible with other wallet. For example, uh, for example, for Shamir Secret Sharing, uh, I know there are some other solutions to do uh, Shamir Secret Sharing, but the Shamir Secret Sharing Keystone implemented is exactly the same as the scheme on Trezor, which means you should consider that one day if Keystone no longer exists, which will almost impossible to happen but there is some possibility that one day keystone doesn't exist then your different pieces of shamir sharing shamir secret sharing pieces should be recovered on other device which can be treasure so you need to think more even some very edgy cases very edge cases you need to think about that and try to find the solutions even for those edge solutions so this is my suggestion. Yeah. Right. So Lixen, I think I don't have any more questions for you at this time because I've asked most of them during our previous interview, which was 
about two months mm-hmm. ago. I yes. wish you best of luck with the, your new Keystone venture. And it's mm-hmm. really exciting, I suppose, that being on your own and finally being able to implement everything that you've wanted for Kobo yes. has a lot of rewards. But at the same time, I suppose you're also working a lot harder. Yes, that's true. Yeah. I Last mean, time I, I remember we, we, we had the, the conversation at like 4 p.m. my time. Right now I'm heavy at, at 8 p.m. I'm working extra, extra hours to to realize my own dream for Keystone right now. Yeah, and I look forward to trying the Keystone and comparing it to the Kobo. Yeah. So I'm going to do a video on that one. Okay, thank you so much. Hope that doesn't take too much time. <laughs> I don't think so, unless it's a hard <laughs> okay. process. Okay. Okay, so thank you very much, Lixen, and I look forward to speaking with you whenever you have some news about your yeah, Keystone yeah. adventure. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for your time, and thank you for having me. Hey, psst. Hey. What's your plan for the next Bitcoin top? Unless you need the money to purchase something, you probably should not touch infinitely inflationary fiat. Check out Voltoro and figure out to which extent hard money like gold and silver can help you preserve your purchasing power. You will be able to get back into Bitcoin as soon as the price hits a new bottom and you will not be subjected to the arbitrary inflation-driven volatility of fiat or fiat-backed coins. Obviously, this is not financial advice, and you should understand that all trading involves risks. Wasabi Wallet connects to your full Bitcoin node, and if you're not running one, it downloads block filters anonymously via Tor. In either case, you're getting excellent privacy. Download the software today at wasabiwallet.io